With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. I want to thank one of today's sponsors, and that is Lily Jade. Lily Jade creates gorgeous leather diaper bags that serve double duty as your go-to tote. Mother of two, Megan Wood created this line to be with you through every season of motherhood and womanhood. Each tote is easily converted to backpack carry and comes with a removable and washable 12 pocket organizer. These timeless full grain leather bags will serve you well beyond the baby years. Lily J totes are perfect for play dates and dinner dates. They carry all of your precious baby items and handle your work needs like laptops and cameras with ease. Just remember, they had a huge success for Mother's Day, and so most of their popular bags are now on pre-order at a special discount price. So you're definitely going to want to check out their site today, lily-jade.com. Guys, you're listening to episode number 142, and my guest is Cheryl Scruggs. I actually heard about Cheryl before I knew about her daughter, Lauren. And if you remember, Lauren Scruggs Kennedy was my guest on episode number 137. And I just highly suggest you go back and listen to that show because she walks us through this tragic accident where she lost her arm a couple of years ago. But more than that, literally, I think Lauren is one of the sweetest people I've ever talked to. So today I'm chatting with her mama, Cheryl. It was such a life-giving conversation. We talked a lot about her story, which involves infidelity, divorce, coming to know Jesus and remarriage. You're going to literally have to hear it to believe it. And let me just tell you, if you're not a married person, this is still so relevant to you, okay? So everybody sit back and listen to this. Cheryl and her husband, Jeff, are the founders of Hope Matters Marriage Ministries, in case you're interested in looking up more about that after the show. Guys, before I introduce you to Cheryl, I want to remind you about the book club. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of this summer's book club, go to jamieivy.com slash book club for all the information. Also, I have a super special guest at the end of the show. I'm going to talk to Kristen Shell, who is the author of the June Book Club. So stay tuned at the end. Her and I are going to chat for like five minutes. All right, here is my conversation with Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl, welcome to the happy hour. Jamie, it's so great to be here. It is fun to have you because you are the second mother-daughter duo that we've had on the happy hour. Well, how fun is that? That's super fun because your daughter Lauren was on in April. Um, And then we've had another mother-daughter on the show before. So it's always fun to hear from moms of guests that have already been on. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, Um, that's fun. I know that you you told me before we started recording um, how proud you were of your daughter and just listen to the show. And I know you're proud of her all the time. And so... I can only imagine since I'm a mom, but my oldest is 13. So you've got like, like you're, you know, like a decade and a half ahead of me or something. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> um, 
But you must be so proud of your girls. Well, I am. Um, You know, the most fun thing is that um, God blessed us with twins. And just that in itself has been an incredible thing. Just, um, well, just the gift of them together and then watching them grow up together and be best friends and uh, really just watching them navigate through life, even though they're so different. They, they even, uh, I mean, this is going to be a dumb question and I'm sure you've gotten so many dumb questions of, as a twin mom. Um, they don't look just alike, do they? They don't. No. Okay, yeah. So that makes yeah. them what kind of twins? Give me a little medical lesson. They are called fraternal twins. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, th- you know, they're, uh, we had them through in vitro. Uh, we actually had trouble having kids and, and so, uh, we were lucky enough almost 30 years ago to go through an in vitro program in, in Los Angeles and um, we were blessed with them. So was that yeah. a rather new thing 30 years ago? I don't even know that. Well, it, it wasn't brand new, but uh, we, you know, we went through, there was a, a clinic out there that was incredible. A lot of people from around the country traveled there. We just happened to live there um, in South Bay, uh, Redondo beach, uh, South Bay hospital. And, uh, they had a program there that they were on the cutting edge of just about everything. And so there were a couple things we did that were new. Um, the egg retrieval, I was the first one to do an, an you know, it was a vaginal aspirated, uh, way of, of retrieving the eggs. And, um, there were a lot of really cool things, but man, we were super lucky. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So your mom, and I know you have a new adventure right now that you are now a grandma. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Does that feel weird? I I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) So my husband and I were talking about it the other day. Um, Yes. First of all, it's just the most exciting thing. I had most of my friends were already grandparents before me and they kept saying, you are just not going to believe it. And oh my gosh, I just can't believe it. I'm, I'm addicted to her. So does she live close to you or have they moved away? They were in Nashville for a couple years and um, they moved back. Uh, Brittany and Sean moved back about a year and a half ago uh, to start trying to have kids. And um, they got pregnant the first month. And mm-hmm. so they've been back here for about a, a little over a year. Um, and so Kate was born last October. So she's almost six months old. And Aww. what a personality. I know. It's just awesome. So they live, they live about 12 minutes away. Oh, that's just close enough for you to just hop on over there and get you a little baby love whenever you need it. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So Cheryl, I have, we've been trying to connect, I think even longer than I was trying to connect with your daughter, Lauren, who was on the show in April. Yeah. Um, And I just have heard just some fabulous things about your story. And I think we have some mutual friends and you live just right up the road from us in Dallas. Um, And so, but what I want to talk to you about today is marriage. Oh boy. I know. Right. And so I have been, let's see, this summer will be my husband, Aaron and I's, I have to do them. I have to think about the year 16th anniversary. Okay. So we're 16 years in. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And I have always been someone who said, I absolutely adore being married. Um, I love the companionship. Um, I love my husband, obviously. Um, but I do just love the do life with somebody kind of aspect of it as well. And so marriage has always been super exciting and great and fun for me. 
And unlike a lot of couples, Aaron and I didn't hit a hard year until about year like seven or eight. Yeah, we had we were like had the time of our lives at the beginning. And we had some <laughs> circumstances like just growing our family and stuff. It kind of added some some kind of, you know, pressures into our marriage. And that's when it hit for us. Sure. But a lot of people like you and I know hit hard times early. Um, but I want to go back to like when you first got married. And sure. I want to I want I want my listeners to hear your story because you and your husband have a beautiful story that is literally just a story of just the gospel redeeming people. Yes, um, yes. And so take me back wherever you want to start and let's talk about your marriage. Okay. Well, uh, first, uh, first of all, my husband and I have been married twice to each other. So uh, people say, what? I mean, what, what, what is that? And so we, um, we met in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'll try to make this really brief because it can be a really long story, but um we met in Memphis, Tennessee. I was in college. Um, Jeff was working there. Um, I was the, as Jeff always says, um, I, we, we share our story nationally and uh, he'll say, you know, that song, um, I met my wife, uh, she was a cocktail waitress and, and that's where I met her. You know, I can't remember uh-huh. the song, uh-huh. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so we met that way. I was you know, putting myself through college and he came into the restaurant and started flirting with me. And I was engaged at the time, actually. Oh, and, I didn't know that part yeah, of your story. Yeah. And so he asked me out and I told him no, but I was so intrigued with him and he was like super cute. And so I was like, oh my goodness. Um, so I couldn't get him off my mind. And so the next week he came in and asked me out again. And I I ended up breaking off with the other guy. Mm-hmm. And I had dated him for a couple of years and uh, anyway, it was a whirlwind. Um, we, you know, had this romantic relationship, um, did it all wrong in dating. Um, we um, had sex before marriage. Um, we practically lived together. Um, and so uh, not proud of all that, but that's mm-hmm. what it was back then. And now also, neither you or Jeff were followers of Jesus, were you at this time? Well, here's the deal. So Jeff, grew up in a, um, a um, Southern Baptist home in mm-hmm. West Virginia. I grew up in the Catholic home in Ohio. And so when we met, uh, Jeff wasn't walking a walk with Christ and I didn't know there was a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have called myself a Christian cause I didn't know the difference. And, um, so we, when we met, it was just, there was no spiritual talk about anything. And so, mm-hmm. Uh, we got married a year later after we met and Jeff had gotten transferred to LA. And so we moved out there and we were just going and blowing and doing that life. I mean, we, you know, had an ocean view home. We made great money. We, um, you know, people, people called us Barbie and Ken. Uh-huh. Um, we looked like we had the perfect life. And for me, um, and just, you know, as far as the church thing, we went to church, you know, we were the Easter Christmas people. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, um, about two years into the marriage, I started feeling really empty. Um, and I really didn't know what was going on other than the fact that I knew that I didn't feel connected to my husband. Um, we had a lot of sex, but it wasn't really emotional connection. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. knew that. So, as- so did you ever say that to Jeff or was that just something like, Hey, I just kind of feel it. And you stuffed it. Well, I stuffed it most of the time. And Mm -hmm. then I would uh, passively aggressively try to hint to him just about, um, hey, we need to talk more or 
whatever. And he'd be like, oh, okay, well, what do you want to know? <laughs> no, you know, this kind of stuff. We've all like done that dance at times. And yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm, I grew up in a home. I'm the oldest of five kids, super responsible. Um, at that point in time in my mid twenties, I was pretty much a perfectionist type a, um, person. And so I was living that out. And I just really thought that what I was feeling, um, was really kind of crazy. And that how could anyone feel this way when I have the life that I do? Mm. And so I kept it to myself and I was really fearful. Um, you know, it turns out now at 58 years old, I know a lot of things, uh, that I didn't know back then. And I, I had my husband on a pedestal. Um, I was fearful of talking to him because I, I was, uh, thought he'd think I was, you know, stupid for feeling the way I did. Um, so I buried it down, uh, really, really deeply, um, mm-hmm. and didn't talk to one person about it, not my family, not girlfriends, um, and especially not Jeff. And so we were both in sales and, uh, eight years into the marriage. Well, let me back up. So about six years in, we start trying to have children. We ran into some, uh, issues and, as I told you before, um, you know, ended up having our girls through in vitro. So I thought that was the missing link as, mm-hmm. as a lot of people do. And so, uh, I was okay for about a year, uh, you know, breastfeeding the kids just consumed with that. I worked a little bit. Um, and, um, I started to feel really empty again and I thought, golly, I mean, what is the deal? And so I, I went away to a sales meeting that I went to every year. I was one, always one of the top sales reps. And, um, when I got there, it was in Florida and I started talking to a guy that I'd known for a really long time. We, we had the same position in the company and he started to share with me, he was having issues in his marriage. And for the first time in my entire marriage, I started to share what I thought my problems Mm. in my marriage were, um, you know, unbeknownst to me, I, I grew up, in, in a home where my dad bought a golf course in 1967. I was used to being around a lot of guys. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't promiscuous growing up. I, I was super responsible. I didn't give my parents any trouble. And I didn't think anything of innocent flirting in my office or, you know, talking to another man by myself. I, I just had never had any guidance in that about guarding my heart or, or anything. And so I started talking to this guy and that led to us talking till five o'clock in the morning. A lot of people want to know, did, you know, well, did anything happen physically? And no, nothing happened. And went home to our respective cities. He was in San Francisco and I was in LA. And when I got home, I realized that I felt like my heart was being stolen and Mm. I was connecting with someone like at that moment in time, you know, feeling like I'd never connected with right before. Mm -hmm. So didn't understand deception, um, knew what I was doing was wrong uh, and all of that. And so this was back in 1990. It was 27 years ago. And um, we only had landlines. So we didn't have, mm-hmm. thank goodness, uh, right? <laughs> you know, cell phones and all of that. And so we started talking on our uh, landlines from the office. Um, that was in March of 1990. And in April of 1990, he came down to L.A., and we met at a hotel and it became a full-blown adulterous mm-hmm. affair at yeah. that point. Um, lots of stuff there. And so yeah. <clears throat> that same month, Jeff found out that 
uh, we were being transferred to Dallas. Uh, he was with Oshkosh Bagosh Kids Clothes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were coming here uh, to, he was going to call him the JCPenney account. And I was actually excited. I, I thought, oh my gosh, I can run away from this thing I've gotten myself into. Because were you feeling like this is doing something, but I feel really wrong about it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt like I was two different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids were, you know, at that point they were 17 months old. Um, you know, I felt like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. You know, I keep calling this guy, I keep feeling almost addicted to it. And, you know, now being in marriage ministry, like my husband and I are, um, understand, you know, the dynamics of affairs and adultery and, you do feel like you're two different people and you do feel like it's almost like a drug. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So, so we moved here and I, you know, we started building a home here and I thought, gosh, I can just forget what happened, start working on my marriage. Um, and I miss the emotional connection I had with this guy. And so I started talking to him from here, Mm. uh, which led to a year later, 1991, I filed for divorce uh, Jeff couldn't figure out what was going on. He said he thought I was crazy because I didn't tell him the truth. But you didn't fess up to everything. Well, and I didn't. And the reason I didn't, I have one reason. And that was I thought he would take my kids away from me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I wish now at this, you know, almost 30 years later that I would have told him the truth and mm. all of that. But that's that again, that's not what happened. And so, Yeah. So he did he for for in his eyes was this just out of nowhere or did he yep. would he, yeah yeah it was out of nowhere he he found me crying on the bed uh, one day and he said you know babe what's wrong and he thought something was wrong with my mom mm-hmm. and um, I said you know what Jeff uh, I don't I don't love you I don't think I've ever loved you and this was eight years into our marriage and he said mm. I have no idea what you're talking about. And so as our pastor, uh, Matt Chandler is our pastor, we mm-hmm. go, go to the village and Matt's interviewed us a couple different times, first time back in 05. And then just recently last summer, um, and his question to Jeff was, Jeff, were you asleep at the wheel or was mm-hmm. Cheryl, was Cheryl just a good actress? And, you know, in, in reality, both are true. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was acting, I wasn't trying to be an actress, but I was definitely, but you were, but you were almost feeling as though you had to, because y- you were looking out for your girls and, you know, I'm sure. And I, I, I would ask you this question. I'm sure deep down you wanted your marriage to be what you wanted it. To, you wanted it to fulfill you absolutely, you felt as though it wasn't. Absolutely. So, oh. yeah, so I filed 91, but when we first got to Dallas, we started going to church for the first time in our marriage. And for me, it was, you know, it's kind of like people do that when they're in trouble, right? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think we should start going to church. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And what was so awesome for me is that every sermon that I heard um, and every song, I was sobbing every week at all the, you know, just, I felt like the pastor was talking directly to me. Mm-hmm. I felt like every song was written for me. Um, and I didn't realize at that time that that was Jesus coming after me. Mm. And, and this whole, is pre-divorce. Pre-divorce. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit was just moving really big time, but I was so hard hearted, Jamie, up until that point, because, you know, it started in year two for me. Mm. So now this is year eight, yeah. not eight, nine. And so I just could not get myself uh, back 
to the marriage. I was so angry with Jeff and I just was, I I just thought the only answer is divorce. And I've Mm -hmm. met, I've met the man of my dreams. Right. There was this other guy. So I divorced Jeff in August of 1992, actually August 21st, 1992. And as, um, that was, that was a tough day. I I went Mm. to the courthouse by myself. And when the judge, uh, you know, hammered the, the gavel down, um, I buckled at my knees because Mm. I knew it wasn't right. And it was devastating. Uh, it still brings me to tears now. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, and you know, I think like even just hearing you talk about it and even when I, I talked to your daughter, Lauren, we talked about it a little bit um, is I, I think so many times like your story is so not original in yeah. so many ways of I feel like the way you just described the way that you were kind of walking through your marriage of it started in year two and now you're at year eight and nothing yeah. had been dealt with. I feel like there is this kind of, and, and you can attest to this since this is the work that you do in profession and ministry. I feel like there is this sense almost of shame of needing to work on your marriage. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't, you, you, I would love to hear, cause you're a professional, where does this come from and why do we feel this way? I mean, do you, do you sense that at all? Well, yeah, I think if, you know, people coming or going to counseling or, you know, coming to see Jeff and I, um, they feel like that's a taboo thing. Mm. Uh, not, not all. I mean, mm-hmm. I think some of that has to do with maybe the culture of a church that they're in mm-hmm. where, uh, if you're in a, you know, pretty vulnerable church, um, going to counseling is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting help and, mm-hmm. uh, we strictly do biblical counseling. Mm-hmm. And so everything we do is, is from the Bible, but, you know, after we divorced, um, I started going to a church by myself uh, met some incredible people, women. And I'll tell you, I, I sat there every week and kept hearing the gospel over and over. And two months after our divorce was final, I came to know the Lord personally mm. and became a Jesus follower. And, you know, as great as that is and was and and all of that, um, it was devastating to see what I had left behind me. Mm. And so I finally understood that although Jeff and I had some, you know, pretty substantial issues as far as dealing with emotional connection, we had to learn how to do that. But a lot of the missing link was Jesus in our marriage. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when I became a believer, um, man, I, I was 33. I kept saying, why didn't anybody tell me this stuff? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to go to Tommy Nelson's Song of Solomon study Mm -hmm. back in 1993. I saw it live, which was awesome. But what God was doing with me is he was showing me, look, you and Jeff didn't do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And I want to give you another chance to do it again. And so it was really pretty crazy. I was learning how to read the Bible. I was reading books on Christian marriage. I was journaling. And one morning... I woke up and um, it was almost like I didn't write it on the page, but it was, you know, I tried to write out my prayers. I'm a brand new Christian, so I don't even know what I'm doing. But so I write, pursue reconciliation of your marriage. And I was like, there is no way. Okay. But what's happened with the other relationship? Yeah. So at that point, I was in a full blown relationship. We were talking marriage. He was going to move to Dallas. I mean, okay, this is crazy. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And he actually moved here. 
Okay. And so I have this collision of, mm. my gosh, I think I'm going to marry this person, which never felt right. I um, was hearing pursue reconciliation of your marriage. Jeff and I got along fine. We lived five minutes from each other. We did the visitation thing as best as we could with the girls. Um, and I was petrified mm. because I was so lonely in my marriage that I thought I can't do that again. Mm. And so God just really started working on my heart and he had me write Jeff a letter. Uh, I was understanding what repentance meant for the first time. And I wrote him a 16, he laughs, 16 page handwritten. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I asked him if I could come over and read it or I didn't say that. I said, could I come over and talk to you? And he said, uh, well, if it's not about the girls, we have nothing to talk about. And I said, could you please give me 10 minutes? And he said, you know, I guess, I mean, Jeff's an awesome guy. So he, but he was hurt. Well, he was, yes. Cause he did everything he could, yeah. the marriage together. And so he let me come over and we, I said, listen, I've written this letter. If you could just let me read it. Um, and then, you know, you know, so we don't get in some fight or something, you know, I'm picturing like when Santa Claus opens up the good list and it starts rolling down the ground. That's what I'm picturing your letter looking like, like, just give me 10 minutes, 16 pages later. Yeah. And so uh, I had asked him to sit next to me and he said, absolutely not. And so he sat across from me and I read the letter. I never looked up. And at the very end, I said, uh, Jeff, Um, And and the letter was all the things I felt like I had done wrong in the marriage. Mm. And um, at the very end, I said, Jeff, I've become a Christian and I feel like God wants us to put our marriage back together. And so when I looked up, he was, he had tears running down his face and I thought, oh my gosh, God's put the same (laughs) message on his, you know, heart. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, I will never, ever get back together with you. Don't ever talk to me about it. We'll do fine with the girls. That, that is a no. And so I was super confused. I, yeah. I, what were the tears for? Just like, just thankful for your repentance. Well, what he always says is he missed the kickoff to the cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was mad that you were, you were like 15 pages in and he's like, like, we need to get this thing going. Yeah. <laughs> so I was confused because I thought, as much as I knew about hearing from the Lord, I thought I had heard from the Lord. And so I walked out the door and I'm like, golly, what was that then? Mm. Uh, So I went back and, you know, every day I was getting up at five to hang out with the Lord. And I got up the next day. I'm like, you know, Lord, what was that? And he said, I have another, I have another, uh, you know, path for you before we can get to the reconciliation. And that was understanding who God is who Jesus is, um, how to love God, uh, that this really wasn't about our marriage. This was about Jesus. Mm. And so that was a five year process. Five years. And you guys are cordial. You're raising your girls together. Yep. Um, you're growing more in love with Jesus and how's his relationship with the Lord? Well, what he would say is that he was, uh, helping with a high school youth group and he was, uh, you know, going to church and all of mm-hmm. that. He wasn't really pursuing um, God as much as he would have liked. And mm-hmm. God brought him to a place of, look, you know, you walked the aisle when you were nine, but you don't really know me. And mm-hmm. at 36 years old is when he felt feels like he really took on his personal relationship for himself. Yeah. 
And so what that did is a couple things. Um, we started, uh, there's so much detail, Jamie. Um, you can, oh, I'm sure this is yeah, five so years. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, he started coming over for dinner. I call year five to year six dating as a family. Uh-huh. And Jeff didn't really want to take me out on a date. And he was still, you know, kind of angry. And, but he was being very loving and understanding that he played a part and that he didn't lead me. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't, he wasn't the leader spiritually. Um, you know, he, he would say he wasn't the leader in a lot of ways. Uh, so we started doing that and year six, he started asking me out on dates and we started doing that. And finally, after six and a half years, I was exhausted. Yeah. And they were off at Sky Ranch uh, camp. And um, I said to Jeff one day, I said, you know, what are you waiting on? I mean, we've been, you know, we did five years just, you know, working together really well as parents. You know, we've been dating as a family for a year. Now we've kind of gone on dates without telling our girls. And they were praying for this for a long time. They were like the parent trap. That's what she told me on the interview. (laughs) I was like, it sounds like the parent trap. Yeah. And so he said, you know what, Cheryl, um, how do I know you're not going to do the same thing? Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, like that's a legit question. Yeah, totally. And so he, I just sat there for a minute. I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm trying to do everything according to what you want me to do, what you want me to say, um, you know, be like Jesus, all of that. I don't even know how to answer this question. And God gave me the perfect words and the words were, um, Jeff, this isn't about you. And this isn't even about our marriage. This is about God. And I never want to disappoint my God again. Mm. That's when we decided to get remarried. And so Golly, Cheryl, that just gave me chills. Thank you. It brought me to tears. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. That is because I mean, the fact that God had placed that on your heart, I mean, it's just the Holy Spirit working in you because that's a hard question to answer to someone who's been hurt so deeply by you. Yeah. Um, but the truth of it is, is when we look at our marriages, you know, as like the the way that we serve our husbands and the way the way that we love is because of how we have been so greatly loved. Yeah. Um, And so it does change things when you're looking at like a Christ centered um, marriage and parenting and everything. So, oh my gosh, that just gave me chills. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we ended up, we were divorced um, almost exactly seven years. Um, And, you know, the people always ask, you know, what's the difference between the first marriage and the second and the first was, it was a non Christ centered marriage Mm. and we were just living a very worldly life. And we were yeah. good, we were good people. Yeah. Um, but we didn't communicate. And um, we just, we didn't share our hearts vulnerably. I mean, mm. we look good on the outside. You yeah. Know? And honestly, we didn't even really fight in our first marriage. And now we fight more in our second marriage than we did in the first. And the reason is, you know, marriage is worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're talking and you're being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been back together almost 18 years now. And wow. It's been amazing. Yeah. yeah. That is so amazing. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. 
and no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. You guys, I told you that her story was amazing. Am I right about that or not? Guys, I want to thank some of our sponsors for today's show. Today's show is brought to you by Sock Club. You know what's right around the corner? That's Father's Day. Father's Day is on June 18th, and we all know that dad is sometimes the hardest member of the family to shop for. But thankfully, Sock Club is here to help. Sock Club is a Sock of the Month subscription service that sends a pair of quality American-made socks straight to your door every single month. This is a little gift with a huge impact because each delivery brings a brand new, never-before-seen sock design specifically created for that month. And you can write a customized gift message so your loved one remembers you every time they receive their gift. 
Guys, I gave Aaron this for his birthday last year. For um, his birthday, he got a three-month membership. I just recently gave this to my mom for Mother's Day. So I bought a pair of sock club socks. I put them in a bag, and then I put a little note in there that says, for the next three months, you're getting new socks. They also have um, 12-month memberships, which I have for myself. So every month, a new sock opens, and it's so much fun. Like I said, you can print the membership certificates anytime. So the last-minute shopping can look like expert gift givers, guys. You just print this off. As a special to our listeners, you can get 15% off when you go to SockClub.com and use the promo code HAPPY at your checkout. That's SockClub.com, promo code HAPPY. Guys, give a delightful gift experience, give comfy feet every month, and give Sock Club this Father's Day, or any other day for that matter. Guys, today's show is also brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then, their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That, my friends, is why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, guys, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. All right, friends, here is the rest of my conversation with Miss Cheryl Scruggs. I just love your story. And there are so many pieces. I was like taking notes of things I wanted to talk to you about, like yeah. after after everyone heard where you've been. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I, uh, Aaron and I have made this sort of kind of commitment to each other. He's, he's a pa- on staff at a church and, um, a lot of the pastors have this as well as to not be alone with someone of the opposite sex. That's right. Um, and I think a lot of people can look at that and say, it's legalistic. It's dumb. You don't trust your spouse, all these things. Right. Um, and, and, and for us, it's just, it is to be not only above reproach because that's, that's one thing, Right. Right. But for me, as someone who every single time I travel, Cheryl, every time I'll be sitting at a restaurant eating by myself and I look around and I see business people and nothing against business people. I travel for a living. I see people sure. having dinner and I know it's not with their spouse. And I text Aaron every time and I text my girlfriend, Amanda, and I say, I couldn't, I could, I could not live this life. Like I, I could not have dinner yep. with somebody else that's not my husband um, because I know my sin tendencies. I know I'm a sinner. I know I pursue my flesh, like all these things. And so right. you, you mentioned that about when you went to that restaurant and it was, and you were alone with this man. Is this, yep. is this the advice you give couples as well? Absolutely. I, I wrote a whole series of articles for Focus on the Family's website on guarding your heart mm-hmm. in, your, in your marriage. Um, you know, it's you... Back then, I mean, I would have told you I'm a strong person. I never you know, step outside my marriage. Um, I didn't realize how tempting that can be and how it can just throw you. I mean, so off course you can't even, you're spinning, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Jeff and I, we have a policy. I mean, he never sees a woman by himself. I never see a man. Um, I never have coffee or lunch or dinner with a man by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe my two son-in-laws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Look, yeah. here's a, here's a funny story about that. Just the other day I went to Whole Foods and I was going to like, I had like an hour and a half, right? So I'm going to get some lunch and I'm yep. going to work on my computer. Yeah. So I go make my salad, all kinds of things. And then I go put my stuff down at a table and it has four chairs. It's like a square table with four chairs. Yep. A kind of a rectangle. So there's two on one side, two on the other. I put my stuff down and right when I'm putting my stuff down, a man leaves the little bar area and puts his stuff down right next to me. Like, like okay. in the chair next to me, he goes, well, the bar is kind of hard to eat at. Do you care if I sit here? And I was like, I, I was so like, <laughs> blabber, like what? I don't, I don't know what's happening right now. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I thought he's going to put his stuff caddy corner or across from me. And I thought I can do that. Right. Cause it's like a coffee table, coffee room, whatever. Sure. I go get some dressing on my salad and I come back. No, his stuff is right. If I were to sit in that seat, we would have been touching shoulders, sitting right next to each other. Sure. A man I've never met in my entire life. And I thought to myself, I can't sit here for a couple of reasons. I, I don't think I'm like going to, nothing's going to happen in a Whole Foods, obviously. But I'm like, what if people come in and see, see you, yeah. Jamie Ivy, her husband's a pastor at the Austin Stone, having lunch with this man. That's and right. I know that there's some people who actually are maybe mocking this right now, honestly, because I think a lot of people think that's dumb. You know, it doesn't matter right. what people think. But I think it kind of is really, really special that I'm willing and you're willing and you're advising other people that your marriage is so important that it does matter. Well, the thing is, you don't ever want to put your marriage in jeopardy. Mm. And, you know, we all, like you said earlier, we all have sin tendencies. Um, golly, I mean, we, we really shouldn't, um, mess with temptation. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's, it's very powerful. And, you know, for me, after all that happened now, it's gosh, it's been almost 30 years for me now, but, um, I wrote our book at a Starbucks, every Starbucks in Dallas, practically, I couldn't write at home because I, I'd want to do laundry and everything else. (laughs) I'm the same way. (laughs) Yeah. So I would go, you know, to a coffee shop and intentionally I would have earphones in, Um, I did have men come up to me occasionally. And honestly, I just wasn't very nice. I mean, I wasn't, you know, mean, but I wasn't friendly. I know. And I should have like looking back at that. I'm so like anti-confrontational. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to go sit outside. It's so beautiful. And he said, looks like it's going to rain. You might want to stay here. And I was like, uh, I'll try it. And then as soon as I walked outside, it started pouring down rain. So I just drove home. But I was like, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I know. My friends were like, you should have just gone to another table. And I'm like, I know, but I felt weird. But that was yeah. a funny story from my life this week at Whole Foods with a random stranger wanting to sit next to me. Um, well, but it is about guarding everything. Well, it is. And, it, and you know, it's hard. One, I, The one story I have that was just incredible. I can't even understand how someone can think like this. But anyway, I'm at a Starbucks and I had a meeting with a gal and then I was going to, you know, continue writing and stuff like that. And so I'm walking out the door and I have this guy walk out behind me and he said, excuse me. And he has a business card and he hands me his business card. And he said, um, gosh, you know, you're one of the prettiest women I've ever seen. Um, you know, I'd love to have coffee or lunch or something like that with you. I didn't know you were married until you stood up and I saw a ring on your finger. What? Right. Who does that? Exactly. Is that normal? I don't know. 
Cheryl, you're just so beautiful what happens to you because that's never happened to me. That's but, crazy. But then I'm confused as to why he saw you're married. Why did he go through with it? That's it's what I'm weird. Talking, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Weird. Like, really? And I said, um, here's well, actually, what I did is I I took his business card and I I was going home at the time. I was actually going to pick up the girls from school. And I walked in the house and I put the business card at my husband's seat. Uh-huh. And I said this, you know, I just want to let you know what happened today because I mean, that's how, you know, I just, I all out in the open, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think it's important to have those conversations and I always encourage women to do that. Um, yeah. Another thing you talked about when you said this is you said, I had never told anybody how I felt. Yes. Not my friends, not my family, not Jeff, anything. Right. It le- it brings up a great conversation about just community and, and why that matters in our world. And looking back 30 years ago, do you think a community of women, I mean, we're, we're also going to have to assume that we're talking like a gospel biblical community. So sure. we're going to throw all that in the mix. Do yeah. you think that would have made an impact? I think it would have been huge. Yeah. And that's what Jeff and I talk about all the time. In fact, one of the the big things that we talk to couples about is making sure they do have biblical community. Mm. And if you're struggling, you know, we find that a lot of couples will try to hide their issues and they just look great on the outside and won't tell people what's really going on. Mm. And they're afraid to, you know, afraid to lose friendship, shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all that. And so we try to explain, you know, how important that is, that that's why we need biblical community is to share our weaknesses and bounce things off of people. And when we're struggling to, to ask for help. Mm, I know. I'm so thankful for the community that I have, but I look back and I've seen some other people have some kind of big, you know, we'll, we'll call them quote unquote, big failures. Cause you know, you know, but we'll call it for the sake of this conversation, like a, a big failure. And I look back and I see, a lot of times you will see a lack of community, a lack of people really, really willingly pouring into your life with truth and love. Right. Um, and I think that is, you know, a big, big, big step um, for someone to have. Um, okay, Cheryl, there are thousands upon thousands of women listening. It, it, there's no doubt that someone is listening right now who is thinking, I don't think I can do my marriage anymore. Yep. I, I think that I, I can't do it. Divorce mm-hmm. is the only answer. What? Without knowing, obviously, the, you know, 8 billion different scenarios that could be happening, what do you say to someone like that? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I wish I had had someone in my life that said divorce isn't the answer. And I and I feel like, you know, our culture makes it so easy. Mm. And I feel like in a lot of cases, people don't want to really work very hard at the struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, you know, my, what I would say to people is, and what I do pretty much every day is that, you know, when you think about, okay, so what I wasn't thinking about is, um, the ramifications of my kids. I, I thought they'd be fine because we're great parents, mm. um, and how that's impacted them even up until this point in their life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, thinking back on, you know, what did you expect out of your marriage? And that marriage should be us serving one another, not about us getting what we want. Mm -hmm. And I think for women, especially we have expectations. 
and what we think marriage is going to be like. And, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, but when I was a kid, I watched soap operas. Yeah. And that's what I thought it was. That's what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, you know, really before you would take any type of a step like that um, is to really get help, go get help, go to counseling, go to your pastor. Um, you know, some churches have counselors on staff mm-hmm. um, and do everything you can to work on the marriage. And, you know, Jamie, there are so many different scenarios. It's, it's, you can't even right. state them all. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible. Right. Yeah. And I know like for Jeff and, and, and I, I was like out, I had been gone from my marriage for many years before even I started talking to this guy. Mm-hmm. So emotionally I'm talking about, yeah, right. So I right. was, I was there every day and I was putting on a, you know, cause Jeff said to me one time, well, what about all those cars that you wrote to me? Did you not mean what you said in them? And of course I did. You know, I wanted my marriage to be great. Yeah. And frankly, I adored him. And so it was just, uh, it was just an awful place to be. But, you know, we, we, we aren't thinking a lot about what's going to happen after divorce happens and that every milestone. So it, it can be birthdays, holidays, um, you know, it can be, you know, maybe a grandparent dying or uh, all kinds of different things. Um, we're not, we're not thinking about that stuff. Mm. So, you know, Jeff and I had the normal visitation. So every other year I didn't see my kids on Thanksgiving mm. and every other Christmas morning, you know, we didn't yeah. see it. It was yeah. just, it's just that kind of stuff. Uh. You know, I asked Lauren um, on our interview, I remember, because we talked just a very a little bit about um, what it was like growing up with her parents married and then divorced and then remarried. Yeah. Um, and I asked her, I said, has this because I know she's, you know, fairly newly married. And I asked her, did that affect your view on marriage at all? Did you mm-hmm. ever feel um, almost scared of it or distrust because you had had a front row seat to um, divorce? And um, I was very surprised because of what I expected was, yeah, I was really afraid of it, but I'm jumping in. I love Jesus. I love my husband. Here we go. Yeah. But that's not what I heard. What I heard from her was it actually gave me a more adequate view of marriage. Ah, that's that good. It was hard, mm-hmm. you know? And so that even, I don't know why I just got choked up when I said oh, that, but it is yeah. so true because I think like when you were talking about how you viewed the soap opera type marriage um, yeah. and to see an adequate view of marriage is that that it is hard, you know, but hard yeah. doesn't mean bad, you know, and it's, um, it's worth fighting for. And so that just as encouragement to you, um, I, I really loved when Lauren said that, that it was like, man, oh. it actually gave me just a more adequate view of not what marriage is supposed to look like. Cause obviously you had some failures, but of, of the work that you guys put in to make it what it is today. Well, right. And I think, you know, thinking about, there is no perfect marriage out there. It's right. Never, it's never going to happen. And when we can and no perfect husband, like, well, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. all you women Definitely listening. Not. Yeah. But I feel like if, if we, we have to remember that we're a sinner married to a sinner. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we can realize that we're on the same team and we're walking this journey together, um, that's when it can work really well. And people say, Oh, well, you and Jeff, I mean, you just look like you have the perfect marriage. Well, no, we don't. We don't have a perfect marriage and we work hard at it. 
And so we're never going to have a perfect marriage, even though we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so when we, that's the beauty of it, though, is that we get to walk this journey together with the Lord. Mm. And, you know, marriage is Gary Thomas talks about in his book, Sacred Marriage, you know, marriage is like a full length mirror, mm. you know, yeah. and you're looking at yourself like, oh, brother. Who am I? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All of the were all of some of your worst qualities, they seem to come out well, <laughs> in moments yeah. when you're like, I never knew I was like, I never knew I struggled with anger. And now all of a sudden here it is. Yeah. And you know what, Jamie, I, I think one of the things I have such a passion for, and I'm actually getting ready to start a podcast myself uh, for women, but um, is that women, how do I say this? Um, so what I see is women may have a decent grip on themselves prior to marriage, maybe even the first part of marriage. And then when all of life starts to happen and we have children and then, you know, work gets involved and then we have a home and we, you know, just life, 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 uh, we lose um, a lot of our identity. And, Mm. And I think our identity first being in Christ and who you know, who we are, we're, we're a daughter of the king and, and all of that, and really letting that soak in and then really trying to understand yourself as a woman, because I think all of it comes together in big, one big glob sometimes. So we're, a you know, we're a wife, we're a mommy, we're a, a friend, we're, you know, uh, we help, you know, or with things with, you know, maybe church or whatever we help with. And uh, maybe we have a career. Mm-hmm. And when we get all that together, we lose our sense of, you know, who we are as a feminine woman, um, who we are sexually, uh, who am I emotionally, you know, what am I mm-hmm. about physically? I mean, all these kinds of things. And um, I think that's just really important for women uh, to to think about. I think it's very important because I hear you touching on so many issues um, that maybe I've even felt myself and that I also feel a lot of women who are just a couple stages behind me, especially share with little kids. Right. Mm-hmm. That's when I feel like it just like hits you and you're attacked constantly of what happened to who am I? Who right. am I anymore? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay. So, so tell us about this new show because I love listening to podcasts and I will listen and I want everyone else to listen. So tell me well, I want when you, you starting it. <laughs> okay. Well, tell, <laughs> tell us about it, the name and when it's coming out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, I, it's called thriving beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my goal is somewhere around June the 1st. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reality is that, uh, life seems chaotic. Um, for a lot of people, we feel like, um, we're stressed out. Life is crazy. We, you know, the word busy is used like every other word. Um, and you know, what, what are we going to do with that? We feel like we're alone. A lot of times people aren't helping us. And so I want to help women understand their identity. I'll be interviewing other women and having them be uh, basically a guide uh, with me in certain areas of life and um, trying to understand uh, how to manage it. And Mm. yeah, well, it sounds fabulous. And when it comes out, you let me know and I will share with all of these happy hour listeners. Thank you, girl. Appreciate yes. That. Okay. Yeah. So now, um, I just, before we get to three things you're loving and what you're reading, I just, again, want to just publicly on the show, say thank you so much, uh, for sharing your story because I, I do this show to encourage, inspire women and point them to Jesus. Um, and I just know that there are so many people who are listening, um, who just might be struggling in some ways, um, through in their marriage, 
Uh, yeah. And so I know that this is going to be just a bright spot um, and pointing them to um, the savior of their marriage, which is not themselves or their husband or anyone yeah. besides Jesus. And so thank you so much for oh, your vulnerability Paul. and your openness. Um, and I love your guys' story so much. Jamie, uh, thank you. I've loved being on uh, with you. You're so f- Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Okay, so tell me in your world, uh, besides your granddaughter, what are some three things that you're loving? Well, that was what I was going to Which say that can't be one of them. I'm just joking. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be first. You know, what's interesting about being a, uh, a grandmother, uh, it was, I was like, this really can't be happening. I mean, am I really <laughs> this old? Um, but I'll tell you what, to be um, that matriarch really, um, Mm -hmm. of your, of a grandchild and what you get to do and how you get to pour into them, um, is just like one of the best things in the world. Mm. And so just feeling really blessed and, and, you know, navigating a new time of life, you know, yeah, Yeah, it's new. And so I'm not the mom anymore. Uh, I'm a mom to my adult children and that's a whole nother season of life too, which is really fun. Um, but that's number one. Uh, let's see. Number two, you know, Jeff and I, um, we travel quite a bit. And so it's really fun for us to meet people all across the country. Um, and that's what we do work wise. But then from a personal standpoint, we're in LA a lot. So we go out and see Lauren and Jason uh, a lot. And so having experiences, uh, with our kids, is just uh, an amazing thing with their, you know, with their husbands and, and families and just how that looks now where um, it's just another new section of life. Jeff and I were talking about this the other day um, over Easter, because, you know, when your kids get married, they have the other side's family as well. And so I was thinking about if you, if you haven't nurtured your marriage and when your kids leave and, you know, I see some, uh, I see women that are empty nesters and really struggling. Um, and so, um, being in a good marriage when your kids do leave home and 
you know, like last weekend, Jason and Lauren were in LA and Brittany and Sean were at Sean's parents. And so we didn't see Brittany and Sean until Sunday. And, you know, what that would be like for people on a mm-hmm. holiday if they didn't, if they weren't in a good marriage. Yeah, yeah. so true. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so you know, that's part of it. Um, Golly, girl. Well, I want to tell you this too, Cheryl. Okay. I remember when Aaron and I were newlyweds. Yeah. Um, He got a call from a good friend of his that he had gone to college with. Um, and the friend told Aaron that his parents were getting a divorce mm. and we're, I mean, 25 years old and, and he, the guy that's telling him is the same age and he has an older brother. And I remember thinking how in the world, and he, you know, I'm newly married two years. So it's just, I'm, I'm in heaven bliss because we had a great first <laughs> couple of years. I mean, it's the best thing ever. But I remember thinking how in tw- after 25 years, does someone say we're done? Um, and it wasn't until honestly that it didn't, it didn't really hit me until we started having kids Yeah, and life got a little bit more chaotic and there got, there got some more pressures on our marriage and adoption, all kinds of things. And then I realized if we spent our whole world just revolving around our kids, which to extent I do live at the baseball field a lot because of of all my kids, but we also put date nights on the calendar and we value our marriage. And so it just goes to what you're saying is it hit me that the reason that they had such a struggle and that they chose that with the, if they felt that was their last resort and only thing they could do, they didn't even know how to be married anymore. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I just so, remember being so sad and so newlywed and just thinking, oh, yeah, how could this happen? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And you know, the last thing I would say uh, about your question is, um, Maybe this is an odd answer, but um, so, you know, we've been through, I know you talked to Lauren about her accident and, Mm -hmm. and everything. And so, you know, these last five years have been really super tough. And um, I mean, the worst trauma that we've ever experienced. For sure. But, you know, what I want to say about that is um, really, you know, God never lets you stop learning and, he's always there. And, and so I think, um, you know, even working on yourself and constantly going through new seasons and learning what that's about and really enjoying the journey of life. Um, you're never going to hit the pinnacle of whatever we think that is, Mm. you know, we are, uh, we have the ability to, uh, really search our souls. And, you know, I've learned a lot about myself in the last five years, um, even who, how I grew up and, and things that had affected me there and how that affected a lot of different things. And, and so just, <clears throat> I think experiencing something like that as a family and, and being able to grow closer as a family mm-hmm. and really never, ever taking your family for granted, mm. um, and life for granted really. Yeah. How life- long had you guys been remarried when the accident happened? Uh, 13 years. Okay. 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 Yeah. So you had a, a big base going on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just curious yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, yeah. I mean, it was just, uh, that's so, so it's such a true example of just like you just a, a split second, you never know. And, you know, love your people every day. Yeah. 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 Mm. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. So you're loving just life and all kinds of things. What do you, re- I have a feeling that you're a big time reader. It's just what I'm guessing. <laughs> oh gosh. I laughed when you asked me what I was reading. Uh-huh. What are you reading? Oh, I, I read about three books at a time. Okay. You're one it's, of those. Okay. You, 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 people are either they read books, like lots of books at a time, or they're like a one at a time people. 
Yeah. So let's see. This is really interesting. Um, you know, since I've been putting together this podcast, God reminded me of a book that I read 20 years ago. And it's called Fascinating Womanhood by Helen Andelin. Mm-hmm. And I thought, do I still have that book? And so I ended up having it in my library and it was written in 1965. Uh. And it talks about a woman being a fascinating woman for her husband. And it is just incredible. Mm, a fascinating yeah. woman for her husband. Yeah. And and how do we go about doing that? And, you know, I think we've, we've lost a lot of, I mean, it, it, it talks about femininity. It talks about how to approach your husband. Um, it is just fabulous. That seems to me, and I could be just way off and too young to be making this type of statement, but it seems to me like that wording seemed a little bit for its time. And right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just thinking like, what'd you say? 1967? 1965. It was written. 1965. A fascinating woman for your husband. That seems yeah. to me as though that would have been like a weird thing to say or think about. Yeah. And I could be wrong because I wasn't even born then. So I may not have the right to say that, but. Yeah. And Helen was struggling a bit in her marriage and she couldn't figure out, you know, what the issues were. And so she ended up writing this book, Fascinating Womanhood. And um, I mean, it it just hits home in so many different areas. And I really, honestly, I think every woman should read it. Um, I'm reading a couple different things. I listened to uh, Donald Miller's podcast, Story Brand. I love it. Uh, right. And mm-hmm. he, I, I actually just went to the conference and oh. it was amazing. But there are a couple books that they've mentioned on the podcast. One of them was called Essentialism uh-huh. and not a Christian book, right? Uh, but it talks about the essentialism, you know, what's essential and what's not essential. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like that's a huge focus, you know, these days of, um, you know, where are we using our time? What are we focused on? How distracted are we with our phones and um, all this internet that we have? It's incredible. That's such a good book too. I've heard them talk about that as well for, um, you know, People in general, but business owners and you know, yeah, w- women out there making things happen. So a great book. I forgot yeah. about that. Yes, I need to get that on my list as well. Yeah. Um, okay, great. You're very well rounded in your reading. You know, there we go. <laughs> Fascinating women and you know what's essential. Yeah. Um, Cheryl, it has been an absolute joy to have you on the show, and I don't say that lightly. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Jamie, for, for coming on. Um, someone who is just you know walked roads before. Um, Many of my listeners are younger than myself. And so I know that it is just going to be such an encouragement to get such wisdom um, from someone who loves Jesus and loves her family and loves her husband. Um, So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. Guys, I loved hearing Cheryl's story. I knew that you would hear it. And I knew immediately when I talked to Lauren and she gave me like a little snapshot of her mom's story that I needed to hear it from her. It seemed that all was lost, but you know what? God was still moving. I think that's just so evident in their story, and that's what I want you to hear from this. Also, this is my second mother-daughter podcast guest. Did you know that? Do you know who the others are? Okay, can you think? Do you know who it is? For those longtime listeners, you might know. Okay, I'll tell you. Jessica Thompson and Elise Fitzpatrick, both two of my favorite guests of all time. Mother-daughter team right there. Mothers and daughters for the win. All right, guys, don't forget, I told you last week about the Summer Book Club. You can still sign up. We would love to have you join us. Our June book club is from Kristen Shell, and it's the Turquoise Table. 
Uh, it's a great read to start with Summer with. And here is a little tidbit of her and I's conversation about the book club. Okay, guys, I have a little something special to add to you at the end. I know that you just love that conversation with Cheryl. But I told you last week about the Happy Hour Summer Book Club. And I have the author of June's Book Club with me right now. Hi, Kristen. Hello, Jamie. Okay, so when I was pick- picking books for the summer, I was like, you know what? I think I want my first book to be someone that everyone in the world has telling me that I would love to hang out with, number one. <laughs> and number two, lives in Austin, so we can actually do that. And number three, has just an amazing book. And you were like, check, check, check. So thank you for being our first book club of the summer. Oh my gosh, I'm honored and so excited. So fun. Okay, so I don't even know this and I'm embarrassed. I'm about to ask you this question. Is this your first book? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I, I take book. back my embarrassment. Nice. Okay. So tell, it's called the turquoise table. Tell me briefly, where did this m- movement, I'm going to call it that come from? And then what made you think I'm going to write about it in a book? Well, um, three and a half years ago, um, I put an ordinary picnic table in my front yard, painted it bright turquoise because it's my favorite color. Uh-huh. And I plopped it out in my front yard um, as, as, as a hope of getting to know neighbors and as a welcoming place to kind of hang out with friends and do life in an ordinary place, my front yard. Like go figure. It doesn't sound hard, right? No, it is not not rocket science. No, which is why I did it because every, I mean, you know, I'm a mother of four, like you were super, super busy. I needed something super simple um, and an easy, easy way to, to hang out with friends. Okay. So you put it there and then did that actually start working? Yes. Like immediately. I was so shocked. I mean, truly. Okay. So you have dinners out there. You Sometimes, just hang yes. out out there? Both. You know, I kind of go with the whole, sometimes spontaneity works and then sometimes, you know, casual planned events work and, um, and it's a perfect healthy mix. Okay. So this is all about like building community basically, which I love. And so you, you put this turquoise table in your front yard, which is super cool. Where'd you buy your first table from? Do you know? I got it at Lowe's cause it was yeah cheap and they delivered. <laughs> we have those same tables in our backyard. Uh-huh. Well, I need to paint them. You need nifty turquoise. That's, that's all our, I need to do. Color. Oh, nifty, nifty turquoise. turquoise. Okay. Oh. I have those same tables from Lowe's because they drop them off at my house and right? put them together for me. Right. Yes. Um, okay. So you did the table. What led to this book, the turquoise table? Well, so what happened was, is then, you know, my next door neighbor wanted a table and then, a, you know, friend three or four doors over wanted a table. And then my sister-in-law in San Antonio wanted a turquoise table. And so pretty soon um, I was you know, kind of encouraging women and talking to them about how simple this was and what an easy welcoming place it was to gather. Um, And it just, then a friend in South Carolina and then a friend in Nebraska. And pretty soon we had this whole community of people, we call ourselves front yard people, um, and who wanted to live life outdoors um, in a simple, easy way and connect um, face to face. Okay. I love it. And that just led to the book. I love it so much. I love the message of community. I love the message of just making something that you already have. You didn't have to go out and do anything. I mean, you bought a table from Lowe's, but right. I know they cost a hundred bucks, you know? Right. So you bought a table, you painted it, and then you were opening yourself up to community, which is something that we talk about a lot at the happy hour. So I think yeah. that's number four reason why I picked your book is because I really, really, really love the message. Okay, so the happy hour uh, book club, which I am so happy because one of my favorite things, I don't think I've even shared this yet. One of my favorite things a couple of years ago that I was a part of was a book club. Have you ever been in a book club? Yes, I love them. I loved it so much and just I moved and life and four kids and it just got hard, but it was so much fun for me. And I actually have been throwing around the idea of starting a book club, you know, at my house, like for real, it has nothing to do with my podcast, but I thought I'll start here. And so 
We're reading together. And if you want to join, you can go to my webpage, jamieivy.com slash book club. All you do is sign up. We welcome you into a Facebook group. And then here's my favorite part of the whole thing. Um, and this is exciting about with Kristen as well, is that we're going to actually have a book club at my house and you're coming, Kristen. Yes. Oh, I cannot wait. Cannot I wait. cannot wait. I cannot wait as well. And maybe... Maybe we'll have to sit around my table, but it's not turquoise, but maybe I can get a turquoise tablecloth and we okay, can just... Maybe I'll bring a can of paint. <laughs> maybe you'll bring a can of paint and we can paint my table. Uh, that would be so much fun. Um, okay. So, but seriously, I'm so thankful that you're the first book and it's going to be a lot of fun to read it in June with ladies and talk about it in the Facebook group um, and then have you join us. And just so you know, if you guys are listening, you want to be a part of it. I'm going to tell you in the Facebook group how you can actually come to the book club. So we'll also put it on Facebook live because that's a thing, even though I've only done one Facebook live video Me ever. Too. And it was, we probably oh, did it mutually did it with together. our friend. We did exactly. it with our friend Logan yes, <laughs> because she's teaching us all the things, oh, all um, the but, things. but we're going to do it again. Kristen, me and you, we're going to see if it works. Awesome. Um, but okay, guys sign up and I hope to see you in June for the book club. And then in a couple of weeks, I'll tell you about the July book club. And then a couple of weeks later, the August book club, we got three awesome books this summer. Thanks, Kristen. Oh, thank you so much, Jamie. All right, guys, don't forget, go to jamieivy.com slash book club. And I hope to see you sign up, join us in the Facebook group, and then come to my house for the party. All right, guys, today's show is edited by Logan Garza, and the music is from Jason Poe. Hopefully you heard last week's show with Amber Newberry because it was powerful. She shared her story of walking through trauma and how God was in the business of healing. Her story was such a testimony of God never abandoning her, even in the midst of some super hard trials and trauma. And I've had great feedback from that show. So go back and listen to that one. This Friday is the happy half hour. And I'm bringing back a favorite, y'all. Bianca Oltoff from episode number 103 is my guest. And as usual, we had a great time. I love her to death. You're going to love our conversation. I am also so extremely excited for what God has in store for her. So make sure you listen because you might want to be a part of it. Um, And it involves something that I'm also passionate about. So fun talking with her. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I'll see you next week. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 